Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 60 of Tapped Out Podcast with your host, Pete Ingram. And Dylan Donegan. What's going on, Dylan? We are in week uh, a million of Corona Lockdown. Uh, it's actually my birthday today, so, you know. Oh, happy birthday. I, how did you not even tell me this before we started recording? I'm, I feel like such a bad friend. No, it's all good, man. Um, it's, you know, I tried, try not to make it too too big of a deal out of it. Obviously, it really isn't a big yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. So, how old, are, how old are you now? 23, you know, insignificant. Okay, yeah. Well, well, after, yeah, like, after you start turn 21, like, every birthday is, like, just, like, worse and worse. Yeah, my, my roommate told me this morning that this is the last good one, <laughs> and, from here, my health starts deteriorating. So, um, you know, that's always good news to, to hear. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm probably going to turn 30 uh, during quarantine. So, you know, no big deal. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone uh, is happy about their birthday being on uh, quarantine, but, you know, or happening during this. But, you know, it is what it is. It's fine. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not really one to go crazy on my birthday anyways. Yeah, nor, nor am I. I just, I don't know. So for some reason, like 30 was like the, oh, oh my God. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I really don't. I really do not want to be 30, but yeah, that's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. So (laughs) for sure. But on a, on the brighter side, uh, a core is out on magic online and magic arena and Corea. Yep. Yep. yep, yep, yep. Sorry. And the set is pretty freaking sweet. Uh, you know, we already talking about some of the stuff last weekend, obviously getting into, some of the mechanics, but we are already seeing Ikoria breaking formats um, from left to right and shaking things up in standard and and even Pioneer and other formats too. So yeah, I uh, I have stopped playing Diablo for a moment just to play a little bit on Arena with Limited, uh, having having a decent amount of fun. I've been actually hearing a lot of good things about the Limited format. I have yet to play myself, but I do want to fire up a draft here pretty soon. It's uh, it's very slow and interactive, which is typically the best type of limited formats because it allows you to kind of, uh, you know, out outshine your opponent, uh, you know, outplay or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'm I, I'm hearing about a lot of people playing decks with like mostly cyclers and just a few cards they're casting. Um, yeah, there are a lot of cheap cycling cards and a lot of cards that reward you for cycling. So yeah, definitely a lot of decks you can build. I uh, I had. Gyruda as a companion in one of my decks, and then I also had Yorion as a companion in one of my decks. And uh, you know, speaking of companion, I guess we can we can say that we're that's what we're going to be talking about this episode. Yeah, yeah, companion is I think what everyone's minds is on minds are on right now uh, after the set set's release, and uh, yeah, a lot of different companion cards making waves in a lot of different formats. Um, and real quick, just before we move on, I wanted to touch. Uh, I saw a tweet today from a buddy of mine, Roshan Ethan, who who posted his uh, sealed poll from the the Magic Online PTQ today, and it was like, "Yeah, should I play this this normal forty card deck or the sixty card Yorin deck?" And everyone was just like, "Slam the Yorin deck; it's not close." Uh, so I, th- I, th- I think that's going to be a nice, interesting thing people start doing in limited is you know building their sixty card decks or whatever. I think you need like a reasonable amount of cyclers to enable that but yeah i think i think if you can do that it's worth it obviously like you're on such a powerful play on turn five um you kind of need to get the a good amount of etb stuff for it to be great but obviously just a five mana four or five flying is a great greatly static creature that you are going to cast on turn five every every game if assuming you hit your land drops yeah so 
um, for sure. So um, yeah, the limited format seems really cool. But anyways, um, let's get down to what we want to talk about today, which is the companion cards and constructing. Yeah, I've I've been seeing a lot of negative negativity on Twitter. I mean, you know, surprise, surprise. Yes, uh, that's bound to happen. <laughs> I'm a little so I think my like immediate take back take on that situation is like I think that people are obviously just overreacting. Um however, I do think that Luris of the Dream Den probably causes some amount of uh unhealthiness and probably legacy and other yeah and actually that's that's a good uh segue point to where i want to start which is um yeah like you know we're seeing people starting to complain uh the only the only one where i think it is very legitimate to have these complaints so far is luris uh we saw there was a legacy super q um which is essentially just a, a moto ptq now um just just yesterday which was basically the first one you could play these new cards in and uh, Grixis Delver appeared to be pretty dominant. Um, I know Edgar has gone 20-0 in his last four leagues with the deck. Uh, I know he didn't have a great PTQ performance, but I know some other people did with the deck. And yeah, it's just a, a really, really efficient build of the deck um, where you only have to play eight creatures because you always have a Luris basically in your opening hand, you know, being in your sideboard. And, uh, you know, it'll... if you draw one threat, which the deck has even more cantrips now with extra extra blue cantrips as well as Mistress Bobbles to get back with your Luris, which is a really sweet synergy. Um, that I also expect to see in Modern. I, I wouldn't be surprised to. Um, that, uh, you know, that allows you to, if you, if you ever just find your one threat, you can just continue to rebuy it. You never have to draw another, um, which is pretty messed up. So, uh, and on top of that, it's just a serviceable 3-2 lifelink on its own. You know, like, it's not great, but if your Delver, if your hand has a bunch of Force Wills and and interaction, instead of mulliganing like you once had to once upon a time, now you just get to keep it and play your three two on turn three. That's guaranteed or whatever, you know. Uh, yeah, I definitely think that that card is very pushed, um, and no surprise as to it seeing a vast amount of play in that format, and we'll probably see play in every format. I don't know if it could see play in standard just because I think playing a deck full of CMC two or less is probably not powerful enough to get the job done. But yeah, we'll I actually did play against it earlier um, in standard in uh, where in it where it looked really good and just kind of like a black red Kroxa, you know, gutter bones, Meyer Triton. Oh, Kroxa is actually insane. Really good okay, to get back. Yeah. Really good synergy to get back. Um, so yeah, I actually and it's like it's like a big enough threat where like even though it's two mana, it's actually a good game finisher. So yeah, maybe actually it is possible. Yeah. Um. Granted, note that you you don't you don't get to stick the Kroxa when you cast it with the Luris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, just like the basically my whole thing was: would there be enough? Uh, like power level in CMC two or less, and Kroxa kind of is that. So, uh, yeah, Luris definitely could see playing constructed in standard. I think right before we got on the cast, you were mentioning an infinite combo with Gyruda Doom of Depths. Uh, can you perhaps explain that? Because I know we spoke about how it's infinite with a clone, but upon reading Gyruda, I actually don't know if that's true because. Uh, in order for Gyruda to put a creature into the battlefield, it has to be in the top four cards of each player's uh, that they're milling. So it it's, has to be in those eight cards, correct? Um, yeah, I, be I believe so. Um, yeah, to my understanding, it it's infinite with clones. 
But do you have to dilute your deck with clones for like to be like a mathematical yeah. law? Yes. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Your deck is a bunch of clones. Yes. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Um, but yeah, so essentially, um, yeah, for our listeners out there, uh, Garuda Doom of Depths, which is uh, a legendary crack, and all your all your cards need even mana converted mana cost. And when it ETBs, each player puts the top four cards of their library into the graveyard, and you put a creature card with converted mana costs among those cards onto the battlefield. So if your deck is a bunch of clones, like I initially, you know, suggested, then um, you go you basically just mill mill their deck. Gotcha. Okay, that, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm not sure if it's going to be um, worth playing on uh, or like actually be a good deck in pioneer you know yeah it's like hard you have to have your deck so filled with clones that are even mana cost so like you know i imagine a lot of the clones in pioneer are four and that means your your deck has a lot of weirdo four drops in it i don't know how you're gonna build around that but maybe yeah neither yeah um not sure exactly, but, um, you know, I mean, it is a powerful enough combo to, you know, potentially to potentially see, see play. I'm not sure. I think the biggest, like, complaint that I see with Companion is the fact that if there is a power level threshold on some of these uh, that is very high, it's going to cause a large amount of... Um, I can't think of the word, but it's basically going to, uh, it's going to cause a large amount of homo- homogeneity, homogeneity, is that, is that how you say it, uh, among decks. Um, and basically all the decks are going to look similar because they are restricted in such a way where they kind of have to. Um, and basically, like, is the card so powerful that you're willing to bend through these hoops to get that reward and if so then yeah i mean every deck's gonna look similar uh i'm not saying that's the case i'm just saying i I think that's like the the downside of these yeah they are if they are good yeah yeah um no for sure and i think that's part of the complaints we're already seeing is people are like i saw a a joke from casey lancaster today it's like it only took 24 hours for legacy to become commander um and yeah (laughs) i think that's like you know exactly what you're kind of referring to right there yeah, so I'm I'm not like a hundred percent convinced outside of Luris and Legacy that Companion is as big a problem as people are clamoring. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I haven't. I mean, I certainly haven't been playing that much Magic. Certainly not outside of Limited. Um, so I'm a bit out of touch. But um, what what other Companion ideas have you had thus far, and what have you seen? have success in standard and pioneer um yeah well so that one is certain is the only one right now for pioneer um another deck that i think looks really good in standard and it's kind of a little more subtle than some of the other uh you know deck building changes we're seeing uh it's just karuga the the macro sage which we we chatted about last week which is the blue green blue green hybrid three five four card all your cards need three or more convert mana or three or more Greater, yeah, all the cards in your deck need to be three or greater converted mana cost. And then when it ETBs, it draws a card for each other permanent with converted mana cost three or more. Uh, and the 
the place this this card's seeing play already is Fires in Standard. Uh, just normal Just Guy Fires. I saw Matthew Folks post a list on Twitter that he said he went 9-1 with on Moto, uh, and I gave it a spin this morning on Arena. Uh, deck felt really good. Karuga seemed really solid. Like, it didn't really seem like it was restricting your, you know, your card choices. Maybe you'd have, like, a small amount of two-drop interaction or a couple Aether Gusts where you, you don't get to play now. Um, but otherwise, like, the deck, the deck list itself was solid, and this card seemed just absolutely insane every time I cast it. Yeah, I definitely see this. It obviously combos super well with, like, Teferi, Narset, are both three mana cards you want to put on the table. Fire is obviously a permanent that you want to have, so makes a lot of sense there. Yeah, there's a couple of new copies of Narset uh, in that deck, too, which I mentioned the other week, um, potentially seeing play in that archetype, um, being a free Planeswalker to follow up after your fires and, uh, you know, being something that draws a card and deals with a permanent, sticks around. So that card seemed pretty good, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, a couple subtle upgrades for that deck, but I think some, some really good ones and Karuga being easily the biggest one. Dope. Dope. I, uh, I feel like the, the one thing about Karuga there, like it's a good free roll because a lot of your car, I mean, I guess that's the best way to say it. It's a good free roll because all your cards cost CMT three or greater. And anyway, like your bone crusher giant was three mana anyway. So it's literally just a good free roll. Yeah, for exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, like I said, you're missing out on uh, some Aether Gusts. I don't think people play Dovin's Veto anymore, but maybe that. But, you know, not much. Um, Real quick, back to Gyruda, real quick. Um, do you think there's, like, a Pioneer modern deck that can like ramp into Gyruda with Cavern of Souls and go off and win with Thassa's Oracle? Um, hmm. Uh, so, so explain it to me again. So like you would have to, you would mill your entire deck, which I guess would kill your opponent because they're milling also. So maybe it's like a moot point. Mm. But my thought process was like, okay, so you're milling over. And then if in the last four you hit Oracle, you win. Oh, also, okay. also, if you have a creature that can become Oracle or like get back Oracle, you would win or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Know. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm i not seeing it off the top of my head. It seems like a bit of a hard duck to brew, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. So what other cards do you think like have potential to be players in uh constructed formats for companion yeah um the the other one of the other big ones that um you know might have might have been a bit innocuous at first is the euron sky summon so this is the one uh you know we actually sorry we mentioned this earlier when we were talking about limited real quick um that it requires you to have an extra 20 cards in your deck uh and it's a a flying five or four five for blue white blue white three uh, and when it ETBs, exile any number of non-land permanents you control and then return those permanents at the uh, at the beginning of the end step. So kind of like a giant flicker wisp, so to speak. Um, and uh, except it can only hit your stuff. So I actually think this card might have potential multi across multi-formats. Um, so I've already heard murmurings of it in blue-white and standard, like blue-white blink was a deck from the last format. Um, so um, obviously it slots really nicely into there, blinking your, your fibble fips and your planeswalkers and 
all that stuff. So um, that's one spot. And then where I'm interested in it, in yeah, where I'm interested um, in playing it is modern. Actually, I'm seeing a couple different decks. Um, the first one I saw was Aspiring Spike this morning playing it in uh, Soul Herder, which obviously it seems like a really natural inclusion in there, a deck based around ETB abilities. Um, and uh, I also saw Kane Reinhardt five out of league with it in Urza. So like he he basically rebuilt his Urza deck to you know have you know nine more lands, and he's got a couple more. You know he's he's got four ofs to round out all the three ofs, and you know a couple other extraneous cards in there like some abundant abundant growths are some extra good blink targets, more uh, quaddles, stuff like that. But um, I actually think it, it seems like it could be legit there too. So uh, yeah, I think this card is the real deal and uh, I'm expecting it to see play in a couple different formats. Yeah, I was a bit surprised, honestly, when you had said that because I think that obviously running a six card deck is incredibly valuable in terms of like consistency. But, you know, it's possible that this is a very cool card that allows people to kind of explore the unexplored. And maybe this is a big enough payoff where you're willing to play, you know, 80 cards in your deck or whatever. And I think this is probably the coolest of the cards as it explores an avenue that is, I think, un- underexplored in Magic. Yeah, I agree. And uh, on that note, Pete, like, you know, obviously, you know, I'm with you, like we're, we're, you know, with working with a 60 card deck, but we're kind of working with uncharted territory now, you know, yes, obviously, traditionally, it, it, it would be crazy to want to play 80 cards, but, you know, this card might be powerful enough to justify it. So, um, you know, kind of, kind of uh, just a, an unsolved question, I'd say at this point. Yeah, I mean, you're basically paying a large tax. Uh, in terms of consistency to have a flicker for like whenever you want it. So yeah, could be totally worth it, especially if a lot of your cards are cantrips and you're going through your deck anyway. And uh, like in standard you were mentioning, um, oh, yeah, I'm certainly intrigued. I I wouldn't be surprised if it was like this cool thing you can do, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it was more powerful than people thought. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it might be, you know, just kind of the cool new hotness and people are trying it, but, um, I, I'm interested to see how it goes. I don't know. I, I think, I think it, it might actually just be really good. Like I said, just, I think most of the time, worst case, it's going to function as like a four or five mold drifter. And most of the time, if your deck's, you know, built to accommodate for it, it's going to draw four or five cards and that, that should be game ending. Have you seen any Zerda decks in like Pioneer or anything? Um, Zerda, which one's that? It's the three mana three three fox. Yeah. Um, I haven't. I I heard about like uh people playing this in like lands. Um. Okay. It's like a free roll where you get to play it. Um, but the re- the lands decks are now like blue green for Uro, so they probably won't play it. But other than that, I haven't. I haven't seen an application for this card. Have you? Uh. Well. You know, last episode I mentioned Heliod Walking Ballista. Yeah. And I'm curious. I'm like, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if this turned on another combo, you know, reducing the CMC of two by two. I wouldn't be surprised if this turned on multiple combos. So, yeah, yeah. I am, you know, I am curious to see uh, if this card 
can like do something cool. I, I think that's like the other one for me that's like, whoa, you know, maybe this card does something where it's really powerful. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Honestly, it, it, it is like, you know, reducing the mana cost of something is not something to, to sleep at or, or to, you know, brush over. So, um, and obviously as, as you mentioned, we do have a combo that it just works really well with. So, um, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure the, the commit, the companion cost on this one's kind of restrictive, right? Um, a bit. Yeah. I mean, it requires you to jump through a good amount of hoops, yeah. but I think there are a lot of cards in magic, uh, with, I mean, you know, permanent cards of magic that have activated abilities. So it might not be as big of an ask. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Honestly, it, it's, it's hard for me to say right now, uh, with, with that card. I, n- I'm not seeing it as of now. I think the way the mono white decks are built, they, they'd be sacrificing a little too much to incorporate this card. Uh, you know, not playing stuff like Elspeth Sun's Sun's uh, or not Sun's champion. Uh, Elspeth who conquers death is a big one, and sure. uh, even just little things like baffling end and stasis snare not being able to have access to seems like it could cause problems. So, um, not super sure on this one. Yeah, definitely, definitely requires some amount of sacrifice, but uh, there are other things you can turn to. So, I, I am kind of curious if this is um if this is something that people haven't figured out yet, or if someone has figured it out and, you know, figured out something cool, please let us know, tweet at us or something. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, Zerta the Dawn Waker. I mean, I'm sure someone will figure something out with it. Um, another card that um, I've seen a little bit of people talking about is um, the Umari or Mari, the collector. My, my bad. I butchered okay. that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, Definitely a place where, you know, it seems like an obvious um, slot right in is like a modern elves deck, I feel like. Uh, you know, like that, that that deck, it seems like it would just be fantastic in, right? Um, yeah, it's like a free roll. Yeah, it's just a free roll and your Elvish Archdruid costs less. It, it's not going to reduce the cost of too much since most of your stuff's either green or green green. Um, but, you know, um, I could I could see this being being good enough in elves yeah i maybe that maybe the deck's more like lord focused or something because now they can't play you know like collected company or something yeah perhaps that's uh that's definitely something that you know could could happen uh yeah so enough about companion uh i i think companion is definitely going to be very good uh, I think there are going to be some issues where it is quote unquote going to be a mistake. Like in legacy, I think that it might be actually problematic, might deserve some type of action. Um, but I think that as far as like other formats go, we should definitely see how it shakes out and not be super, you know, negative about it. It's probably fine. Um, but there are other cards in the set that I think we talked a little bit about last week that I'm really excited to potentially brew about uh brew standard with um i know number one for me is yadara wandering monster i know we talked about it last week but playing this card in limited i was extremely impressed and you know not always um but most sometimes when you're really impressed with a card in limited you can kind of feel its power level immediately and like you're like okay this is this is something i can do it constructed and that's kind of how i felt mm-hmm. um yeah so I definitely think that 
there is a control deck out there with this card, and I'm going to try and find it. Yeah, I, I, we talked about this card last week, and I definitely am a big fan. Uh, you know, a, a low-cost win con in a control deck is, you know, definitely uh, something that, that I'm a big fan of. Um, another card that I have kind of been seeing in Fire's List, which we, talk, we talked a lot about this last week, was Inspired Ultimatum. Yeah. Uh, this card is as good as advertised. Yes. Um, for sure. I think this card is going to be a major player in the standard going forward. Uh, I hope it doesn't get old. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a sweet card. I hope it doesn't either. Uh, on that note, actually, too, um, Baker Neiman, who's uh, better known as VCTLA on uh, MTGO, he tweeted out a uh, basically like a old school kind of Golos Fires deck. Obviously, no Golos, but... Um, you know, basically just uh, Fey Wishes, Boreal Grazer, Kenrith, Teferi, Fires Invention, Gore Spiral, Clarion, the new Migration Path, and then, as you just mentioned, Inspired Ultimatum, um, with a slew of other other cool cards in the sideboard as well. Um, but this is a, a cool take that, you know, is playing three of that Ultimatum card, and, um, you know, I think that this deck probably wouldn't have been possible without the Trilands, so... Potentially a cool new uh, player in standard. Yeah, I uh, I've been aggressively taking the trilands and draft because I know I'm going to need them for constructed. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the one cool thing about drafting on arena. You're like, you know, you 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 kind of quote unquote money draft because you're like, oh, I need this for my constructed deck. Yeah, yeah. And oh, oh, another thing, real quick about arena drafting. So much better without bots. Yeah. Oh my god, it is so different and it is amazing. That's good to hear. Like props where props is due. Live drafting on arena is where it's at. Oh yeah. Slops is me having fourteen ninety in my account and not being able to draft because I am ten gems shy Oof. of a draft, and it is really infuriating. Dang, gotta gotta stock up, buddy. I mean, it's just like who what. Who determined that this would be a thing? Yeah. I'm missing nine gems. So what? I ha- I am locked into a $5 purchase? Unacceptable. Um, Give me my 10 gems. Let me drown. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyways. Um, uh, yeah, I also saw Huey playing this like Obzon Humans deck the other day that he seemed to b- believe was pretty promising. Um, one of the new cards it featured was this uh, green-black rare Chevelle Bane of Monsters, which is a 1-3 human rogue. And it's Death Touch at the beginning of your upkeep. If you control, or if your opponents control no permanence with bounty counters on them, put a bounty counter on them uh, on target on target creature, planeswalker, and opponent controls. And then whenever a permanent your opponent controls with a bounty card or bounty counter dies, you gain three life and draw a card. Um, and then uh, it was also playing like the new Vivian. And, uh, which, you know, it, in its deck, like that was just like basically mono creatures. And then it had this, uh, general Kudro of, uh, Dranith as well, which is other humans get plus one, plus one other humans you control, uh, when ETBs under, under your control, exile target creature from an opponent's graveyard. And then you can sacrifice two humans for two mana and destroy target creature with power four greater. Um, so yeah, a couple of just like different new cards in this, you know, kind of new arc archetype that uh that could be a player um you know uh i don't know like the specifics of like 
like what matchups are, are the deck good against or anything like that. But um, I know that Huey, Huey seemed to think the deck was pretty good. So Sweet. Dope. Yeah, other than that, what other cards have been... I, I haven't been watching too much Magic, so I'm probably not the best person to ask. Mm-hmm. But what other cards have you seen? Have you been watching any Magic? Uh, I'm, I've been tuning into the the uh, like uh, recent Akora streams. Um, I haven't been watching streams as much lately, but um, I have been trying to do my due diligence, due diligence so I could, you know, have a, have a bit more of an informed opinion. Um, so, um, but in regards to standard, like, yeah, that's a lot of what I've been seeing. I've been seeing more like uh, a couple different hero precinct ones, one decks. Like, um, there's a Bant one. There's a Mardu one. Um, I've seen, and then, um, I think the other thing that, you know, obviously is just still on people's minds and people are, are playing with is fires. Um, and there's potentially some different new builds of that with Akora. Like we, we talked about the kind of an updated, um, Jeskai one, like I mentioned. Um, but, um, also, um, I know Zan was messing around with like a, a four color fires build. He was, he was messing around with one that played Yorion, um, so, you know, it's four colors. It has Uro, um, Narsets, a bunch of Omens to blink with your um, Yorions. But then I also know he was messing around with just like a, nor- a normal four color Fires build. Kind of like the one I described from VCTLA, um, but a little bit different. Um, He's playing some Narsets. He had like a Agent of Treachery, but overall a pretty similar build of the deck. Gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah, I think I think Fires is like, um, you know, still going to be a, a huge player, and you know, obviously, is a nice way to take away take take advantage of some of these ultimatums, and uh, it's potentially going to be a, an archetype that utilizes some of the uh, companions really well. So, um, yeah, I, I would expect Fires to to get even better. I am not excited by that. I dislike Fires of Invention. Yeah, it's not my favorite archetype. Um, I think I'm going to be playing the deck in the uh, uh, in the Lotus Box event this weekend that we're having. So uh, I'll I'll be able to report back, see how good it is. But uh, I do think it seems quite good. I look forward to seeing what happens in that event. Maybe I'll dip my toes in standard a bit after that. And real quick before we uh, before we part ways too, I I, I just tuned into Kroki's stream just to people he was playing in, and he is in, indeed playing a black red Krok Solaris deck. Um, Ooh, so you know we, we were just talking about it and uh you know i told you I, I think it might be might be fine looks like it is probably gonna be here to stay so uh and he's playing against like a pretty cool looking blue white blink deck that i you know also described with charming prince and thousands oracle so um yeah standard looks looks like it might be might be even cooler with the the new set honestly I'm I'm looking at Twitter and I'm I'm seeing Edgar's latest uh, Grixis Delver list. It has the Luris in the sideboard, and then it has the uh, the dragon too. Whatever that card's called. Oh yeah, a one of Sprite Dragon. I think he cut it. I think he cut it since, but uh, yeah, uh, I, I have seen the one of too as well. Yeah, the Sprite Sprite Dragon is a really messed up card. Yeah, I actually I know I know Ryan Overturf was like messing around with that in Pioneer the other day. Um, might be potentially uh you know worth messing around i'm not sure exactly uh you know traditionally those haven't been super uh strong strong decks in pioneer but uh you know anything's possible uh all right i guess that wraps us up for this week 
Um, I hope everyone is doing well uh, in and not going insane. Um, you know, <laughs> holding it down as it were. Anything else you'd like to add, Dylan? Uh, nope. Hope everyone has a good first week playing playing with Aquaria. And uh, yeah, yeah, certainly an exciting thing to do uh, during this uh, crappy time. So have fun. Um, and for Dylan Donigan and myself, Peter Ingram, we're tapped out, and it's your turn. <laughs>